0: Hello, and welcome to this extra nice episode of the Book Wars Pod. Uh, It is episode sixty nine. Nice. Nice. I said what I said. I said what I said. Crap. Anyway, I'm Kate, and I'm here with these two dum dums, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Kristen Keeks, and we are talking about uh, Ray Carson's "Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing" from Canto Bite. Um, but before we get into that, what are we all drinking today, Kristen? I heard you open a can.
1: <laughs> I did. I'm drinking Carlsberg. <laughs>
0: Nice, <laughs>
1: which is fucking gross. <laughs> Yo, they like it anyway.
2: they like fucking love Carlsberg in Ireland, and it's oh. fucking weird. Like it's when everywhere. we were in Ireland, it's it was not like good. They would have like all these Irish beers, which like of course like you got your Smithix, you got your Guinness, what have you, mm-hmm. um, and then they would have Bud always because oh, well. we're because we're the worst country in the world. Yep, and we ruin other countries. But then they would always have Carlsberg like that was the other that was the mainland european beer every single bar had it was very weird
0: what what is it like is it basically like
2: it's just super light isn't it
0: i was like is that yeah, like europe's version it's of like, pbr
1: <laughs> it's yeah it's your it's european pbr basically okay but it's like less sweet oh. it's like kind of bitter but Ew. doesn't really taste like anything oh yeah that's not it's fun. just like yeah i know I'm, I, it's funny because, like, I much prefer, for cheap beer here, I much prefer uh, Tuborg, but, like, that is not everywhere, like, Carlsberg is, even though mm. it's owned by Carlsberg, much like Rainier is owned by PBR. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but they are slightly different. Do you um, have Heineken there?
2: I would think that'd be pretty easy to find.
1: Yeah, there's Heineken, but, um, that's... I mean, it's, it's that's,
2: pretty similar to Carlsberg.
0: Yeah. Where's Carlsberg from? Carlsberg
2: Denmark, is
0: Danish, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't fucking know. I only know <laughs> yeah, because Carls-
2: I looked it up in Ireland.
1: Oh, yeah. Carlsberg and Tuborg are both Danish, and then uh, Heineken is uh, Dutch. Okay, I believe. I did,
0: know, I did not know that.
2: I think you're right. Yeah, I it's either Dutch right. or German, what but I off. think you're right.
1: No, I think it's Dutch because they have like that huge Heineken brew thing in the. Uh, Amsterdam airport.
2: <laughs> oh, yep, 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 yep.
0: Now Amazing. that I think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's <sighs> a thing that's happening to you, I suppose. Chris, what are you drinking? <laughs>
2: uh, I am drinking a mug of uh, Irish rum cream flavored tea from Capital T's in uh, the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area oh my as well as uh, spiking it with some Ray and Nephew Rum Cream, which I started a few episodes ago and just finished the bottle today because it was a very small bottle.
0: Goddamn Ray and Singular Nephew.
2: Singular Nephew.
0: Singular Nephew. <laughs> I just thought it's not Ray and says It's Ray and Singular Nephew. God damn it. Anyway. Uh,
2: uh, Star Wars you. Episode 8, Luke and Nephew.
0: Oh my God. Aww.
1: Official nephew of the pod was born. We're not talking about him, but he was born. Yes. And he's perfect
0: angel. He is a perfect Perfect angel baby, um, seriously. Who I, a, who I needed a blanket that he loves.
1: Yeah, it's fucking awesome, and we're really excited about it. Anyway, yes. uh, he's a very cute baby. What be. are you drinking? He is so cute. He's Kate, what level. are you drinking?
0: Um, shout out to the anonymous friend, uh, a friend of the pod who who pooped out a baby this week. Um, <laughs> uh, I am drinking. I have one mug of Twinings. Earl Grey, which I brewed super strong because twining tea actually kind of sucks, to be perfectly honest with you. And I also have uh, the last of the bottle of Roku Gin that uh, Chris's parents got us from Japan. I'm pretty sure Chris had like two sips of it and gave the rest to me. So us is a loose term. For
2: yeah, it. I don't know why they couldn't have brought me some whiskey, but whatever.
0: Because fuck you, I guess. <laughs> whatever. I mean, that is a good reason. <laughs>
2: It's alright. We all we all know we all know the order of importance among their uh among their progeny.
1: It's the dog and it's your brother. The dog is first. Yeah, duh. no, it's
2: it's the dog, my brother, Kate, and me. Yep. We all know that. It's it's just factual at this point.
1: I hope I meet them one day so that I can be in front of you, Chris.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I also want to point out that I discovered the other day that Roku Jin is now available in the States. I saw it's, it was in our stupid ABC store, so
2: yeah, if it's here, it's everywhere.
0: It's not that good, so don't get it. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. Cool, cool, They apparently do whiskey. It's fine. Well, it's just rougher than you want it to be for the top note, supposedly being cherry blossom something. Mm. So it's odd.
1: See, I think cherry can go, uh, even if it's cherry blossom, even if they're calling it cherry blossom, cherry can really go either way.
0: Yeah. It just adds some sweetness for this one, but the sweetness and the fact that it's just kind of, rough like not super fancy gin makes it weird i think they wanted those to balance out but it doesn't so i don't know
1: sorry (laughs) yes that's fair no that's that's fair um
2: i get that i get that like distilling it another time which is what takes away the roughness i get that that costs money but it just frustrates me how many like alcohols like gins and whiskeys and bourbon in particular like that claims to be like for sipping or like very drinkable is just so fucking rough and like it was just not necessary Mm -mm. and and then and then like particularly with bourbon it's become this fucking thing like with people who just drink their coffee black just to drink their coffee black like people do that with bourbon they're like oh yeah it's really good rough bourbon really like my jack daniels on the rocks
0: and how big is my gentleman jack and how big is your dick (laughs) um
2: It's just so, oh, it's so annoying.
0: Gentle, gentleman Jack isn't that bad
1: by itself. Just regular Jack is. Gentleman's Jack is oh, at yeah. least palatable.
2: Yo, I see all these fucking Jim Beam commercials. Like Jim Beam was one of the like, big sponsors of the World Series, and I saw all these fucking Jim Beam commercials, and it was like oh my God. Mila Kunis going to a bar and ordering a Jim Beam on the rocks. And I'm like, literally nobody in the history of the world has ever ordered a Jim Beam on the rocks at a bar. <laughs> no one's done that. No one's done it.
1: I have, but that's because jim is most yeah because jim's jim is the well in portland generally speaking
2: i know but why would you get a well whiskey on the rocks
1: yes because you have it with your beer Oh. okay, that's different though. If you okay. like whiskey Like if I'm N- getting a shot if I'm getting a shot and a beer No, that's different no, though. No, that's no, fair. Ask for my shot to be on the rocks because I'm not gonna take it as a shot. I'm gonna drink it. Yeah. No, but okay.
2: that's reasonable. That's that's different. That's yes. we've like bias <laughs> for defending
1: my honor.
0: <laughs> no, no. I was about to say we raised you better than that. Yeah, no. right? No.
2: Um, oh, yeah, no, having it like just... shot in a beer is very different.
0: Yes
1: yeah and there's a lot of places in portland that do a deal on that which is why oh that's that's a thing here an, too absolutely Opinion. Yeah, yeah oh
0: god yeah i did that last night
1: that was fun
2: <laughs> not with jim beam but shot in a beer yeah. yes
1: yeah. now now that we're almost uh eight minutes in let me put in one more tiny alcohol story because yes. i feel like people will uh people will dig this who listen to this podcast because it's fucking off the walls and weird um <laughs> whatever dribbles like this is into podcast. It. Yeah, Purpose I know, doesn't... right? <laughs> uh, thank God, official <laughs> turtle of the pod. Um. <laughs> so speaking of Tuborg, so, um, they, th- since 1990, when this commercial came out for Tuborg, um, um m- maybe we'll post this to the, the, Twitter or something. But there mm-hmm. was like this commercial that came out it was really simple it just had like cute christmas music and it had like a cartoon santa and reindeer who looked like they were about to like take off and go do present stuff but instead like a tuborg truck drives by so they turn around and chase after the tuborg (laughs) truck that's like the whole commercial oh my god um but it like took the fuck off here and it's still airing. So it's been airing for like almost thirty years. Holy in fuck. Like it's regular form. Yeah, Danish people are super, super into like traditions. Sure. And like um the like the feeling of coziness. They they call it uh Hig H Y G G E. Oh um, god. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. it's a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm
0: familiar with that Instagram hashtag yeah, anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but <laughs> So I don't I don't really understand the connection between the commercial, which was just for regular Tuborg Pilsner, and what they started y- using it for, which was uh what they call Yuleberg Pilsner. Oh my God! Which is basically their Christmas beer. Oh my but God! But they didn't have a Christmas beer, but then this whole thing took off, and then they started using it to market their Christmas beer. But anyway. Oh my God. Every day, uh, every day, every day, <laughs> every, the first Friday of every November is uh, J Day, which is basically like Yuleberg Day. And at 8 59 p.m., they, everybody's allowed to tap their kegs of Yuleberg. And oh the Tuborg people ride God. around on like trucks and shit, giving out like free Santa hats and free oh beer God. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the- this is the most European I know. shit I've ever heard in my life. It's just really funny. Oh yeah, my god. So- it was on a much smaller scale here, but apparently in Copenhagen they go fucking wild. But I still did see, like, a couple of the trucks were out and about um, playing. Because I think there's, like, an official song, too. It's not even the song that was in the commercial. There's, like, a different song. Fuck yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's a whole thing. I'm trying to find more information about it. But, the like, the best thing for me to look at would be Danish Wikipedia. And, like, it is not. It's in Danish. so
0: That's... <laughs> Incredible.
1: <laughs> anyway, so it's just, that was Friday. Oh, and it used to be Thursday. <laughs> oh. But then they, the drinking age here is 18. Uh-huh. and nobody And nobody would go to school on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so they, like, literally decided as a company to, like, move it to Friday. Oh. <laughs> but still 8.59 p.m. specifically.
2: Oh, my God. I know. It's
1: so funny. Anyway um i'm just I trying to imagine a beer company learned... in
2: america doing that and just like for it to be like a mainstream beer company just like the complete apathy with which they would be met
1: i know <laughs> it's just like so there's like funny. well is
2: this is this like a country a nationwide thing or is it specifically in aarhus
1: oh no it's like well it's just like in the bigger cities okay. so okay they go wild in copenhagen because but that's where the Tuburg brewery is sure sure
2: 'Cause I could see like if PBR did it in Milwaukee or if like Bud sure. did it in St. Louis. Like I could see specific cities going wild for this shit, but not like in multiple places.
0: I mean Denver yeah, is know. small. It's
2: that's really true.
1: Funny. It is so small. And it is so cold and windy. <laughs> that's what I have for you. <laughs> anyway, um so, that was that's, more that's that, that, that's that was more of a beer talk. That was more of a Tashi Station brew house story but whatever yeah.
2: crossover pod
0: <laughs> it's it's fine um there's your fun back of the week everybody
1: yeah really <laughs> look it up jday j dash d-a-y it's uh wild times <laughs> should we star wars guys
2: <laughs> yes i guess yeah. yes we should at some point
0: all right let's uh let's do it i guess
2: cool uh so for those who didn't follow along with the reading uh this week I'm kidding everybody you can li- you can listen without reading um this week we read Canto we continued with canto bite we read the novella hear nothing see nothing say nothing by Ray Carson uh who is the first one in the in this book uh that, to have published other Star Wars stuff uh Ray Carson wrote uh the red one in from a certain point of view which was the story about everyone's favorite not malfunctioning, uh, R our, our two unit. Yep. With a bad motivator. Yep. Uh, boop and boop. and uh, she also, after Cantobite came out, wrote Most Wanted, which is the uh, Han and Kira YA novel, which we're going to be reading next year, and we gave a copy away to. Real baby bird if i recall correctly
0: that is correct because she went Nailed and it. she wrote us a review on itunes cough cough maybe you should do that everybody.
2: yeah hey if you want to copy a canto bite and you're listening to this and like i want to read these stories check out twitter this week
0: yes uh that's my bad i was having a depressive episode anyway continue with your content <laughs> anyway yeah. so
2: the story depressive <laughs> is... episodes suck balls <laughs> they do. This, this pod's turning into a depressive episode. We haven't even started talking about the book yet.
0: Listen, we were talking about b- beer is happy. Anyway,
2: beer is happy. Stop
0: interrupting yourself Beer then. is no, happy. I
2: will not, I, I can interrupt myself all the time.
0: God, you're so, you're just like, dude, I heard you're a white man, so you put interrupting <laughs> inside of your body and then interrupted yourself.
2: <laughs> if a white man interrupts another white man, does it make a sound?
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah, it makes the fucking most noise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I just got
2: told. I stand corrected. Oh All right. So one thing we want to talk about with this story is the concept of found family. And this is obviously a big point in this story for those who uh, didn't have a chance to read it yet or don't have the book and would like to win it this week by following us on Twitter at Book Wars Pod. Uh, This story uh, circles around Lexo Suger, who is a Dornomethean... Uh, masseuse masseur excuse me at uh zord's spa house spa uh, zord's some bath and spa that's what it's called um which we know from earlier in this book when kedpin shaklop went there and had the best massage of his life uh and he has a human daughter uh and it's like a running joke between them like i have to tell you something you're adopted what?
0: So cute. Because oh god, he, the is,
2: best. he is very not humanoid.
0: So cute. He's just the best dad.
2: He's a very soft murder He's dad. S- oh.
0: such a good dad. Oh my god.
1: Um, and the kid is 13, right?
2: Yes. Yes, I believe so.
1: For those of you who gives, give shit about that. <laughs> but
0: yeah.
2: And Black. What up representation in Star Wars? Hey.
1: Yeah. She has an afro.
0: I love it. I love it.
2: It's so great. Also, like excellent descriptions from ray carson like yes. excellent like visualizing your characters but without like in a way that's not like fetishizing
0: exactly exactly um if, and if you want more more about um describing your characters about fetishizing i was uh, i guessed it on canto Byte a few months ago to talk about um asian representation in star wars books but, but specifically we did talk about um how to describe um, Asian characters without being mad racist about it.
2: I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that you meant you guessed it on the ConjaCast. You what said is? you guessed it on CantoByte, <laughs> And there is a CantoByte pod. There so, is. which My bad. Which you should listen to because the people who run it are great. But Kate specifically meant our uh, sister podcast on the Tosha Station Radio Network, the ConjaCast.
0: Yes. Sorry. I just woke up from a nap. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Naps are great. <laughs>
2: Um, But yeah, so I want to talk about Found Family because obviously, like, the whole point of this story is that Lexo will do literally anything to get Lula back after she is kidnapped by this mob boss. And, like, so it's not, you know, a blood thing for him.
0: Right, totally. And that's really emphasized, too, by um, a lot of the other characters. You know, even Lexo himself says, you know, he used to think that humans were really gross and ugly with their creepy soft skin and everything else before he adopted Lula and a lot of the other uh non-human um characters that he interacts with are like why do you even care about her she's not really yours she's this ugly human baby yeah (laughs) and he's just like so fucking rude I know and he's just like don't talk about my child like that I will backhand you with my large pain pained aching hands
2: (laughs) yeah right
1: I do love them dragging humans though I just wish it wasn't Lula I know
2: Hey, they, they dragged the asshole arms dealer, too.
0: Yes, Fucking human. I can
2: kill this guy in seven seconds.
0: It might take me
1: nine. My hands hurt. I know.
0: <laughs> I was like, Aw. Um Poor buddy. I know. But, I mean, Final Family is one of those big themes in Star Wars. Like, I think there, there are a lot of folks uh, that I interact with in um, the Star Wars fandom who are really really into uh themes of found family in other media that they consume and for a lot of us i think it probably started here um so it's cool to see that showing up in um just a really really explicit way in the story Mm -hmm. i consume no other media
2: (laughs) yeah well i mean if you think about it in star wars the only i'm trying to think the only familial relationship that is really really important and i think it's the only one is luke and anakin like that's the only one that is central to the plot
0: no well kylo and leia
2: Ky- okay yeah kylo and leia you're right yeah but that's so, it yeah i, mean, I but, think
1: luke and luke and leia i would argue but
0: but they didn't know at first so...
2: yeah like luke and leia becomes important yeah but like yeah. They be they were super close before they realized that they were siblings
0: yeah i mean oh, we just yes we,
1: this Which, this is technically true. So like, sorry, that's
2: <laughs> like, no, good. No 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 no, you're super right, and that's why I put like on the outline like Luke and Han slash Leia ish because it's like, it's tough because like the Force like did they know all along like this whole thing? Hopefully yeah. they didn't because of the making out thing. But
0: we we literally just watched Empire this past weekend, and um, oh god. But also you know by the end, you know I think, <laughs> no, but like Luke is I think has like accepted that like Leia Le- Le and Han are a thing. And like they're totally space twins before space twins is yeah. actually established.
2: Yeah, definitely it's cute. Um. But so yeah, like all the other relationships that you see in Star Wars, whether it's, I guess you could you could throw Jin and her family in there. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, True. but in the
0: Skywalker saga,
2: in the Skywalker, yeah, absolutely in the Sky, absolutely yeah. in the Skywalker saga, you have like Leia and her parents, obviously are adopted. Uh. Excuse me. You have, obviously, the entirety of the Jedi Order is not related by blood to anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. But they very much feel But
2: like they, siblings. No, they it. absolutely feel yeah. like brothers and, yeah. you know, siblings. Yeah. Um, And then you have Rey, of course, who comes from nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yet is important. And she matters to Finn and to Poe and to Leia.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
2: like, this concept of found family is one that...
0: Or Finn himself.
2: Or Finn himself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, this concept of found family is one that is very recurring in Star Wars, but like there's always these new ways to do it because we don't really have the parent going hard after a child as like the main plot line in Star Wars stories so far. We don't have a ton of that.
0: What do you mean, going hard?
2: Like <laughs> trying murdering to people. find Like, save- like, oh. like so.
0: Oh, I see, I see. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have leia and han kind of also i think even outside of the skywalker saga i mean we brought Jin up but like obviously found family is huge in both um that what's her book called some how come i can never fucking remember what this book is rebel called? rebel rising rebel rising <laughs> thank you um both in rebel rising and in uh rogue one yes mm-hmm. um you know first with saw Totally. And then with everybody
2: else. Mm-hmm.
1: Et cetera, et cetera.
2: Cassie liter- Cass- literally says, Welcome home yeah. to Jen.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, Baze calls her little sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, now
2: I'm sad all over again. I know. I Great. mean, if you,
0: if you want to be God. more sad, like, the whole point of Rebels is found family. That's yeah. Literally the entire point of
2: it. Absolutely.
0: True. Which, let me go cry about in a corner for 15 minutes, BRB. Um. <laughs> it's
2: okay. You've got a broccoli, son, out of it.
0: But. What about so such a nap, sweet baby? What, but what about not broccoli, Dad, Chris?
2: I know, I know.
0: Chris,
2: I know. All right, Kate's gonna go cry in a corner. This has been episode sixty-nine of the book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. I
0: I do want to point out that um one of my favorite things that I've seen on Tumblr um not recently but somebody uh, did a fan art uh being like these are all my favorite sad murder dads and their sad murder daughters. Um, and it was various video game characters. So, um, from The Witcher was Geralt and Ciri, um, and from The Last of Us, it was Joel and Ellie. And um, Lula's not exactly a murdered daughter, but she did like whack a Guborian over the head with a tray. So, I'm gonna count. I'm gonna count the Lexa and Lula as sad murdered dads and their sad murdered daughters. I'll count it. And I, I love them I'll so count much. It. To- totally counts. Yes, Chris will tell you. I stopped at multiple points, like almost through the book across the room, and I was just like, "Can somebody please?" Leave the sad dad alone. Yeah. Anyway.
2: And then speaking of sad dads, the one other thing about found family versus blood family is, of course, looking at Han, he's somebody who the the single blood relationship in his life, he doesn't know what to do with. Like, he doesn't know how to be a father. Womp. Because he never had actual blood family to learn from. He only has found family.
0: Aww.
2: And so it's just, you know. One of the ongoing themes of Star Wars is the importance of found family, and that comes through in spades here.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally.
2: and I could go into the next topic, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. Does somebody else want to?
1: I don't know. I was just going to do the rap air horn.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Okay. Um, all
0: right, fine. I can talk. I can talk. Um, please introduce the next topic. <laughs> I can do that for y'all. Uh, so the next thing we wanted to talk about was... Um, how we get a little bit more into the working-class side of Canto CantoBite. Um, we did a little bit in um, The Whining Dreams by Amira Grant, the previous uh, story that we read, um, because we have um, the character of Kala, the uh, hotel receptionist. But, you know, she's not the only narrator in that story, but Lexa was the only one who narrates um, in this particular story, and he is a person who, you know, he is well-established on Cantabite. He's lived there for many years. He's a very, very famous, as Chris said, um, masseur. And um, we get to see a little bit about how people live when they are not living in all the glittering casino splendor of the city. Um, Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it does fucking suck. Like, Chris said. I know. Uh, No, it's horrible, though, because... um, I, I remember when I was uh, the, when I first started the story I was like oh it's a person who does massages at Zords and obviously like Zords is mentioned several times in um, the first two stories in the book but I thought uh, Lexo's name was familiar and I flipped back to um, rules of the game and he is in fact mentioned in there because Penn yeah. uh, says that he wanted um, a massage from Lexo because he is the literal best but um, he doesn't He's he's not available so so Kedvin is shit out of luck. Um
2: and we would assume that he's not available because these stories are happening at the same time.
0: Yes. Exactly. Just a,
2: just a little timing note for he, Keeks there.
0: He yeah, he's left for the Thank day. Thank you. <laughs> it specifically says Kedpin is specifically told he is left for the day, which is probably when he finds out that Lula's been kidnapped and he fucks off work.
2: Yeah. Because because Lexo says he's like never taken a day off. Yeah. In like forty years. Because you can't when you're poor.
0: Exactly um and uh, you actually know-
2: chris i'm gonna well actually chris Ooh.
0: actually yes. he
1: says he hasn't taken a day off since the he found the baby
0: 13 years ago chris. Oh, okay 13 so, years you're so, so right fuck you uh- <laughs> sorry no <laughs> don't be sorry don't be sorry okay well, well actually him retracted <laughs> um but yeah, I, I was kind of, like, again, because I, like, kind of, like, referenced that really quick, and then I then I started the, the novella in earnest, I was stunned to see what poverty, honestly, Luxo and Lula live in, him being, like, the best massage being, probably on Quintanica, um, which is really fucked up, like, I don't, I don't really know, you know, what how much he's paid or whatever, or like if he's, I don't think he's indentured, but I don't know how much he's paid or anything like that. Or, you know, what the, what the cost of living in Bite is. But that, that's like nightmarish, isn't it? It's like, it's like something that's like, honestly, really horrible. There's something really horribly American about that, that you can just like run as fast as you can, but you're always running in place. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's. I mean,
1: this, it, that is what it was like growing up where I grew up. Yeah. Not that there imagine. weren't people who not that there weren't people who didn't have money, but the people who had money who worked in like the casino industry were like the people in fucking charge.
0: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not not dealers or even like pit bosses. It was right. Like p- people who are like VPs. <laughs> Ew
0: yeah yeah and i mean as you know i grew up in new york city where like the 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 income disparity between the top and the bottom is just vomit inducing so
2: yeah i mean like you know we talked last episode at length about like how this is comparable to atlantic city las vegas your cities like that and you can obviously see it there um but i mean any service industry frankly or any just working class industry in general like you go to a fancy restaurant like you have these people serving you who are like at the top of their game know every single one of the hundred wines on the wine list and can tell you like freaking tasting notes on it and like will bring you your steak perfectly cooked and they're probably paid four dollars an hour because the, the tip minimum wage which is garbage
0: yeah i was gonna say like again a very american story you know we see Lexo getting tips and stuff like that like i mean people people in the service industry in america like they live and die by tips it's horrible
1: yeah mm. It's so real, mm-hmm. Um Not to take us away from this horribly depressing um, <laughs> conversation, but as usual, I had a stupid question. Um, no. Hold on, I'm belching into the mics. Okay. Some things never change. Um,
2: <laughs> I <was laughs> can
1: take confused. Kristen out of Portland,
2: but you can't take Kristen out of Kristen.
1: <laughs> I know. Um, I was really confused about Lula's indentured servitude. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I, yeah, why <laughs> why she why injured? did she
1: owe yeah, why
0: did she owe him money? Um I was
1: real confused. I mean, no, they kind of explained it, but I was like, I don't I still don't get it.
0: I feel like it's probably she owes him a labor debt just because of like Lexo clearly does not make enough money to take care of them both, so she has to work because at least then like she probably at least he gets sort of fed at the stables mm. or something like that um yeah that would that kind of thing
2: that's my assumption as well but i don't think it's ever spelled out
0: no
1: yeah it just i was just like i don't get it she was like dropped in canto by why does she owe this
2: person money yeah <laughs> but no that's a good point
1: that's neither here nor there
0: it's probably also a little bit like um at least for someone who a little bit of a apprenticeship thing like at least she'll have some fucking skills to be you know pitchforking poop when she grows up i don't know
2: yeah
1: thank you
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: for that
1: clarification
2: Mm -hmm. but yeah so it's just you know you see the underbelly of canto bite which rose sees immediately in last jedi Mm -hmm. and finn who like you know not to call finn's upbringing Privileged, but I think it's fair to call it sheltered because, obviously, he grew up on First Order ships in the unknown regions. Yeah. He hasn't been out in the world. And like,
0: I, why would they explain anything to him ever?
2: Exactly. Like, why would they explain class con- conflict to Finn? Like, he's a soldier. He he was, he was raised to do... He was brought up to do one thing, uh, as he says. And mm-hmm. so, like, Rose, who comes from a poor mining planet, like, knows this shit. Like, she sees immediately, like... If there are bridge people, then there are people that they're profiting off of. Mm-hmm. And so you see Lexo, who's, like, top of his game and top of his industry, and he's broke.
0: Absolutely. Through no
2: fault of... Like, through the selfish acts of taking care of... Feeding his daughter and buying himself medicine so that he can continue to practice his craft.
0: I know. Like...
2: Speaking of quintessentially American stories.
0: Oh, it's awful. Ugh, it's awful. I mean, you know, I just you know, I think about people who, like... You know, there's, there's been some criticism going around of people who are always on social media being like, hey, if you could help me out this month, like, so I can cover my rent, that'd be great. And people are, like, complaining about it, like, why are you so fucking irresponsible that you, like, need to ask for money every month? And I'm like, can you, like, fucking read a book? Like, this is not, like, the reason why, like, do you think these people would ask for money if they, like, were cool with stuff? Like, it's, like, this is, it's hard to ask for money. Like, they... They're not doing this because they're, like, greedy or anything or because they, like, waste their money frivolously. It's because, like, America's, like, the way we treat economics here and the way we take care of or don't take care of um, our citizens is fucking disgusting. Like, there's no reason why you should have to ask people on the internet um, for money to put a roof over your head. But the fact is that this is, like, fucking the United States in the year rule Lord 2018 and we still can't. House people, we can't give them basic shit. It's awful.
2: Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's true in, certainly in American society, and it's true in Cantobite and in the galaxy far, far mm-hmm. away. Like you come into these places, and you come into America, and Cantobite, and you hear these rags to riches stories and the American dream and hitting it rich in Cantobite, mm-hmm. and you expect the world to be fair, and you. Expect, and it, particularly if it's been fair to you, sure. you know, whether, whether fair is accurate or not, right? whether you, whether, fair. yeah, whether it feels fair to you, yeah. like you expect that if somebody works hard, then they are going to be able to get ahead. Whether it's, you know, somebody saves their money and, you know, doesn't gamble it all away or whatever, you know, be, be welfare queens is the popular American <sighs> garbage yeah uh, stereotype but like you expect the world to be fair and as we know in america and as rose knows and as lexo knows it's not fair in cantalbite either like it there is no fairness
0: absolutely
1: Yup. speaking of a
2: depressive episode jesus
1: (laughs) vote on when this comes out please motherfuckers this oh, comes out on election day
2: vote i heard okay i missed the first word you said and so i vote. i only heard when this comes out please nothing
0: vote <laughs> yes for the love of christ yeah this is
2: coming out tuesday if you are listening to this on tuesday
0: and you have not been somehow horribly disenfranchised please yes. fucking go vote
2: if you if you are registered and have the ability please go vote and if you don't don't fucking tell me about it because i will yell at you
0: yeah Yep
2: uh Absolutely anyway to all of that <laughs> speak onto a fun topic gambling
0: <laughs> so yeah speaking of gambling shit not being fair
2: yeah we haven't talked a lot about gambling honestly this, we haven't this book yeah. we will next we will next episode sure um
0: oh good I was so under- the next story a. is all
2: about gambling mm-hmm. but um
0: but one of the themes that we see kind of running through this book is obviously it's a casino town and you know there's a lot of like actual casino gambling but there's a lot of people like gamble like gambling on themselves or gambling on other people, like metaphorically, you know, taking these chances. Um, so you've got the, you know, the countess who is, you know, kind of like betting on these like races, these father races in the hopes that she'll, you know, get enough money that she will be able to take care of her husband so comfortably. Um, you know, we've got Ubiala who, oh, I had a question about Ubiala actually. So speaking hmm. of gambling, so obviously she, you know, the other theme in this book is that there's always a bigger fish right mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're welcome everybody um but you know everybody is um in, like indentured either literally or you know in some other ways they 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 owe a debt to somebody else mm-hmm. um do we ever figure out like is ubialas um like person who like she owes the wine to is it is it um the mob boss in the story. Oh, good that's, question. That's
2: what I assumed, but okay. it's never told. Okay. It, I, I think it could just as easily be someone else, but my head canon is yes.
0: Okay, just wondering. Um. Anyway, yeah, like she, you know, she's she's kind of like gambling her, ch- like she's taking her chances with, um, presumably this mob boss, um, who, um, funds all of her, uh, you know, fine fine drinking establishments and whatever the hell else even though she knows that he could have her killed at any moment. Especially if it's a mob boss, because as we have seen, he is, has no qualms about killing anybody, including small children. So mm-hmm. um, that's a problem. Um, last story we talked about, again, the hotel receptionist, Kala, who lost all her fucking money. Now she's indentured at various hotels. and mm-hmm. can be transferred amongst all these hotels, and it's just awful. And poor Alexo, who has never actually gambled or anything a day in his life, who, because Lula gets kidnapped has to take chances on all these various um other people who may or may not help him or you know the the bartender at Kanto bike casino who may or may not be working for the mob and he doesn't actually know but he has to try yeah because he has to find his daughter
2: the countess is particularly interesting to me as a character because Mm. her name is the fucking countess like, mm-hmm. she has a name, but she's the mm-hmm. fucking... Like, she's supposed to be one of the most powerful people in Canto Bite, mm-hmm. And she is betting so much on the Father races on presumably a nightly basis and not winning that, like, one big night based on a tip from Lexo is enough to, like, completely turn her fortunes around, which is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no... So there is no winning in canto bite there just isn't like you're always one step away from fucked Mm -hmm.
1: yeah absolutely totally like and i don't know whether or not you guys know this but especially from like i have i don't sports gamble but i listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. where sports gambling is discussed um doing well for like a sports gambler is like fifty four fifty um, yeah. three percent success rate mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you're you're you know you're only it's it's hard to win even if you're winning, you're also losing um mm-hmm. and it knowing what we know about the countess, it would be hard to imagine that she would not turn around and bet all of that the next day you know i
0: know. I know, which kind of, like, kind of, I mean, it kicks me, again, we talked about this last episode when we, um, yep. we were talking about a little bit about, um, you know, how you grew up in a town that was um, very dependent economically on a- Atlantic City. Um, and I was saying, again, I grew up in New York, and so I'm really familiar with the, you know, the people who, like, take the bus there at night, and then they come back in the morning, and they've spent all night gambling. And yep. it's, like, that feeling that... Or, not that feeling because I'm not a gambling addict, but, you know, that sense you get from these folks who are just, like, exhausted and they just literally just blow, like, they get their paycheck and they blow it all in one night, you know, just gambling. It's, like, that kind of, like, twisted hopefulness and, like, also just, like, kind of gross sense of excess and also, you know, the the fact that you feel bad for them because they can't, it's a compulsion for them. It's just all that is really... Really, really, really wrapped up in this kind of like greasy little package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, in this book, yeah. and also, but also, I like I felt it a lot in the story. I don't know about you, cakes.
1: Oh yeah, I for sure did. The, the, one of the things that resonated with me a lot was um, when uh, what's his name Lux. What's what what's his name Lexo. Lexo. <laughs> Lexo. Sure. Um, when Lexo uh, <laughs> w- goes onto the floor of the Canto Bight Casino and is, like, describing mm-hmm. what he sees. Um, there's, like, a, a whole... This is probably not surprising. but There's, like, a whole thought and very uh, intentional thing around all of that. When he talks about, like... Uh, th- am I mistaken in, in thinking he... He talks about, like, the sounds that he hears, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all... Chris probably knows this because he has perfect pitch. But all of the uh, all of the um, slot machines and casinos are in the key of C, so that when they mm-hmm. make noise, it sounds nice to your ears and makes you spend more money.
0: <laughs> That's horrifying.
2: Yeah. Yep. No, it's 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 key of C. It's major keys. Yep. So it uh, you know it feels positive. I mean, if you go to most, many, if not most, casinos will literally pump in oxygen so that you, like, start feeling lightheaded and, like, you think that's just, like, the high of winning.
0: Yep.
2: Like, that's literally a thing that they do.
0: Yep. That explains so much for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't know they did that. Yeah, they pump in oxygen and
1: most of them actually have, like, different, um, like, scent um, Uh things, like throughout different parts of the casino so that you like begin to um associate different things with different parts of the casino i am not articulating things well tonight i'm very tired but um (laughs) it's a and like no i'm still learning (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um but having had so i had a seasonal job when i worked at the casino and I had to go through orientation three times, the same orientation three times. And um, so, like, (laughs) they explain a lot of this stuff. um, And it's just – it's super interesting. Um, Even, like, the way that they lay things out and um, the way that they, like, do the floors in certain places to, like, try to – funnel people to certain parts of the casino more than others it's just fucking wild it's like someone's job to do this and it just like kind of makes me want to (laughs) die
2: oh yeah it's a social science there's no question yeah yeah,
0: absolutely i mean i knew i knew they did this in like stores like clothing stores and department stores and even at restaurants and stuff like that um i haven't ever thought about it in terms of casinos or read about in terms of casinos but that makes perfect sense and is kind of queasy making not gonna lie yeah
2: Yeah, i mean If our listeners go to casinos at all, just like next time you go to a casino, go in and just track how hard it is for you to find the minimum bet tables. Like as somebody who bets them, like, I don't have a ton of money. Like I, I, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't bet large amounts. If I play blackjack, I will usually play it like a five or $10 table. Like see how hard it is to find those small dollar tables versus the like Twenty-five, fifty-dollar a hand mm-hmm. tables, like, and it's the ones that are high-dollar amounts are the ones that are right in front of you for
0: sure. Yep, yep. It's you know, I as I've grown older and I've thought about this. Um, again, I I don't I I don't really gamble because it I I grew up watching these people and it kind of just freaked me out, so it kind of super turned me off gambling. But as I've grown older. Um, you know, and as an older person going back to places like Dave and Buster's or E. Cheese, it, like, that also freaks me out because it's kind of the same thing but for children and you want tickets and it's really fucked up. It's true. Yep.
2: Dave and Buster's is poisoning our society.
0: A little
1: bit, but, ugh. Anyway, do you get tickets at David Dave know.
0: and Buster's? I thought Dave and Buster's was so. the
1: adult one. Grown up one.
0: It might be, but I I, gonna say, I fucking they love Dave & you...
1: Busters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I thought they gave you tickets for, like, the nostalgia factor kind of thing, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't
1: know that they – I don't know. It's been a long time since so I've been to Dave & Busters. I know. I just like, Me too. I just like arcade Whatever. games. Whatever. Che- Charles E. Cheese, then. Yeah, sure. Charles E. Cheese. And also, like, it's so funny because there was so much of that, like, on the Atlantic City boardwalk and stuff. So, mm-hmm. literally, just, like, looped right in.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Uh I'm like I'm gonna need to shower off the Please episode. don't please don't badmouth my adult video games. <laughs> I just wanna go ride on <laughs> a pretend motorcycle.
0: I mean, that is fine. I'm just saying, like
1: No, you you're know, absolutely we're bit, right.
0: <laughs> we're a little preconditioned and it's a little awkward. Yep. Uh speaking of things that are awkward, uh
2: what well, speak well speaking of things that are awkward, but also speaking of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. If you want some uh, fun trivia for your next party. What? The E stands for entertainment. <laughs> his name is Charles Entertainment Cheese.
0: That was a dumb name, and his mom clearly hated him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's
2: doing pretty well for himself, though. American Dream worked hard. Fucking got Christ. A yes,
0: yes. He has to fill the void in his soul. With pizza. Yes. <laughs> that pizza's That's so bad. It. And entertainment. And luring small children.
2: Wow, this got weird.
0: This is a weird episode. This episode
2: is very little about Star Wars, to be perfectly honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's also very little about Star Wars in the story itself, other than like there are aliens.
2: This is true. <laughs> uh, you know exactly.
0: No, this is this book is great. Honestly, this has been it's been it's been a lot of good discussion the past few mm-hmm. few we've read. Um, okay, so gonna turn to the uh, last like major topic that we wanted to talk about. Um, which is the, uh, impossibility of neutrality. So, when we're introduced to Canto Bight in, uh, The Last Jedi, we meet DJ, of course. Um, Mr. Don't Join himself, who tells Finn that, you know, all the people there are basically, I don't, I don't know what to call it. A lot of the people who, who are spending their money in Canto Bite are arms dealers in the way that, that arms dealers make money. And this is true in reality as well, is that they... They sell weapons to everybody. They sell weapons to the Resistance. They sell weapons to the First Order. They are completely indiscriminate as long as they get their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Lexo is a person who really strives to be neutral. You know, hear nothing, s- see nothing, say nothing. Um, he he doesn't want to get involved. He 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 doesn't want to you know just, you know have play favorites with his uh, his clientele. He he doesn't want any of it. Um, but of course he gets, uh, dragged into, right into, into, you know, just getting very, very, very fucking involved because, God, what the hell's name is?
2: Serge Ghana. Yes. Big, big Sturge Ghana. That's Yes, what it thank is.
0: you. Um, because, you know, Ghana drags him into it because he refuses to, you know, accept, um, Lexo's stance. And we see that in real life all the time. We see, um, Folks in the crossfire of war getting pulled to one side or another, uh, which is obviously the most common example. Um, you know, we've got, I mean, like, on, um, you know, that on the global stage right down to sad kids and like fucking divorce custody fights. Like, mm-hmm. it, there, there's no way that you can't take a side, especially when it comes to things that really kind of test your morals. You know, and Luxo definitely experiences that here.
2: Well, I think, I think it's possible to, I think there's a difference between being neutral and not taking a side because you see plenty of people not taking sides by playing both sides, right? Like that's what the arms dealers are doing, but that's not the same as being neutral. Like Lexo aspires to be neutral. Like Mm -hmm. he aspires, he aspires to literally not be involved in any of this. Mm -hmm. And that I think is what's impossible because you get dragged in. But like, I think taking a side is something that is... Like, I think people do, even neutral people, or even people who play both sides are taking a side. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No. Okay. Whatever.
1: I think it kind of does, but I don't... I don't get it. (laughs) Thanks, Kristen. I think it kind of does, like, just because Mm -hmm. those people, even if they're not taking a side, like, Rebels versus First Order, they're taking the side of, I'm going to profit no matter what. (laughs) Like... I am going to maximize maximize my profit. Um not right. like aligning with either one of these, but aligning with both. I right. don't know. Just like you're so, taking the you're taking the stand you're taking the side of being a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, what I guess you were talking about in a way that makes sense for me is so you're talking about inaction versus action here. Yeah. Okay. Okay
2: yeah that's a better way to phrase it yeah like taking a side is an action like lexo wants to take no action
0: right okay but he can't do that yeah he can't yeah nope he got sucked
1: the fuck in because they were like boop here's your daughter i'm taking her bye
2: (laughs) yeah and and you look at you look at dj in last jedi like he takes an action he's not neutral that's true like he, you know, he likes to pretend he is. He likes to tell himself he is, you know. They blow you up today, you'll blow him up tomorrow. Right. But, like, Finn very clearly says, you're wrong. Yeah. And he is wrong because, like, DJ almost killed the resistance. If it weren't for the Hold'em maneuver. Yep. And so, like, it's even even this veneer of neutrality that DJ thinks he has by playing both sides. Like, which, you know, when he's like, good guys, bad guys, there's no such thing. Right. Like... It's, it's, it's all, it's all a farce that they, you know, they play for themselves.
0: Right. But also, I, I guess, I guess what's, I guess part of what's um, getting me caught up is the fact that deciding to not take action is still taking an action, you know? mm mm-hmm. I, I We talk about this, at least personally, a lot when it comes to, you know, social justice shit. Like, if you're not.
2: Yeah, speaking of voting on Tuesday.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, the whole silence is violence,
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: truth of the matter like that's, you're still making a decision to not do or say anything because I don't know bullshit reasons I guess
2: yeah no that's fair so I mean I guess, I guess that's a deeper discussion of the psychology of choosing to do nothing versus choosing to do something
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then once you choose to do something but taking sides there's a whole there's a whole decision tree <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's All right, fair. that that seems like a good place to say, just stop us Please, just let, please stop. let
1: this end. I don't want to hear Chris talk about a decision tree again.
2: <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for listening to this incredibly nice episode of the Book Wars pod. <laughs> oh, my God. We are next week going to be finishing up the reading aspect of Canto bite We're going to be reading The Ride by friend of the pod, John Jackson Miller. That
0: poor man, friend of the pod. <laughs>
2: Uh, and our next book after that, so you can start to get it from your local library or order it from, uh, your local indie bookstore is going to be Thrawn Alliances, uh, by Timothy Zahn. It came out earlier this year. Um, I am very, very excited for this one. So. You're going to have an
1: excitement Blue boys. Yeah.
2: Yes. So many blue boys. Chris, did you read this um, already yet? I did. It's <laughs> my favorite book in the canon. Of- <gasps> It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. Anyway, in the meantime, hit us up on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Book Wars Pod, Particularly this week, as we will be talking about ways that you can win a free copy of Canto Bite, yes. courtesy of Del Rey Publishing, and specifically uh, at Darth and Turnus Tom on Twitter, who is. Uh, wonderful will be joining us for the wrap up and has graciously offered a couple of copies for us to give away. And
0: he is very smart and one of the nicest guys you will encounter in fandom. And um, so start formulating your questions now um, about stuff you want to ask him. Please don't ask him dickhead stuff like, what's, some, what's what's. Don't ask him about the future. Yeah, exactly. Like don't ask like like just don't be like. So what's what's gonna happen in uh, Master and Apprentice? Like if you if you ask me that question, I will find you on Twitter. And it will spam you with like weird poop pictures.
1: Yeah, um She'll do we it. can we can promise you that if you ask us, if you try to ask Tom stupid questions, I'm just gonna answer them, and they're all gonna be about how Snoke is gonna have spider legs. So,
2: oh my god, can we do that? <laughs> we'll, we'll, yes! we'll go back. I, I will find a way to work it into every question that you ask that is stupid. Absolutely, Excellent. I love it. Yes. Alright, in the meantime, maybe before we start doing that, rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to both us and the Tashi Station Radio Megafeed. It is the best opportunity for other people to discover the show. Uh, so if you could give us a rating and a review, uh, that would be wonderful. And particularly if you leave a review, you open yourself up to winning all sorts of fun prizes. If you have the means and are so inclined, please donate to the Tosche Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee at ko-fi.com bookwarspod. It really helps us cover our hosting and production costs as well as help us uh, come up with some uh, with money to do some swag for Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. For Kate and Kristen, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Wars pod. I'm Chris, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <sighs>
2: oh, shoot. We should have been, like, doing, co- we should, on Twitter this week, put up contest for copies of Canto Bite because we're going to have copies. Oh, shit. We were supposed to do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs>